do you want to make more money in your law practice? There's probably a 99.9% chance that your answer to that question is yes. I mean, who wouldn't want to make more money, right? Well, if you are part of the 99.9% of solo and small firm lawyers looking to increase the money you make in your practice, I can help. Because in this episode, I'm going to share with you not only an insanely simple way to make more money, but the two additional ways that every successful law firm out there increases their revenues. Stay tuned. I'm Brad Miller, and this podcast will help you transform your law practice through deliberate design, core business competency, mental mastery, and powerful positioning so that you can have a practice that gives you the life you want, not a life that is the mercy of your practice. If you want to stop struggling, spend more time with your family, live a life of abundance, and make a difference in the lives of your clients, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the New Modern Lawyer Podcast. If you are like most lawyers, most small solo firm lawyers, you're looking for ways to make more money with your law practice. Now, while money won't make you happy, you know, they say money can't buy happiness, which is true. Money does make things easier. You know, for instance, you can buy things without having to worry about being able to afford it. You know, things that you may want. Um, you can use it to take trips, vacations, to take time away from your law practice. You can use it to help grow your practice, to bring in more staff, uh, maybe to invest in some new technology, um, or even things like adding locations or practice areas uh, to your firm. You know, all these things you can do with more money. I mean, ultimately, what money does is it can give you peace of mind, you know, because you're not worrying about bills and expenses and things like that. Um, and instead, you can focus on actually serving others, your clients. You know, most people, you know, I'm assuming that, uh, you know, lawyers will be included in this. Most of us don't really lament over having too much money. You know, I mean, if if that's a problem for you, I mean, I suppose you can always donate it. And I can uh, give you uh, a PayPal information. You can wire me some money if you've got some uh, extra that you want to get rid of here. <laughs> Um, but generally speaking, most people don't have the problem of having too much money. The issue is that they need more money. So in this episode, um, I'm going to talk about how you can make more money in your law practice. And now there are three main ways that you can make more money for your practice. And the first way is to bring in more clients. Now, this is the method that most lawyers use. I mean, if you want to, um, make more money, you get more clients because more clients than the work those clients bring in. Obviously you get paid for, you get more money, right? Um, there are a couple ways to do this. Um, advertising is one way you can get more clients in the door. Uh, so traditionally it would be things like the phone book, television, uh, radio, maybe even bus stops or billboards. Uh, nowadays it's more likely to be things like, um, investing in your website, um, spending money on SEO or Google AdWords um, or even social media. Um, and so advertising is the one way you do that. You get your you, your <clears throat> your name out there, the firm name out there. Um, and so that when people have an issue, a legal problem, they think of you, they see you, and they want to call in or contact you. The other way is through networking referrals. 
And this could be through other lawyers that send clients to you. It could be other professionals. Um, you know, for me, business brokers are a really good source of referrals for me. Um, but it could be uh, for you, accountants. It could be bankers. Um, it could be real estate agents, different other professionals like that. Um, or you could be getting referrals from your current and former clients. You know, if you do good work for them, they enjoyed or had a good client experience. They may pass your name along if they run into someone that needs a similar service, right? Now, one of the downsides um, to focusing on getting more clients in the door is that it can require some cash to pay for this marketing and advertising. So if you're doing a marketing campaign, for instance, um, you're going to be paying to create the message. So maybe you're going to be doing a video. You know, you have to um, have the video, the uh, the script written. You need to have the video recorded. You need to have somebody do editing and all the post-production work and stuff like that and get it ready. If you're doing a website content, you know, someone actually has to do the website. Um, you know, they're putting together, writing the content. They have to upload it or post it. They have to get your website configured and everything else for it. Same thing with audio or images, you know, each of these, you know, take some time and take some money to put all these things together. And then once you do have them together, you still then have to pay to have it distributed. So maybe for your website, you have to, you know, you get all the content on there and, you know, you get all the nice images and everything else ready to go, but then you're paying for SEO to help bring in eyeballs to the site uh, or online ads. You know, maybe you are trying to get people to come to your site by investing in Google AdWords or some other online um, ads, Facebook ads, maybe something like that. Um, you know, if you have a TV, if you're doing a video, maybe you have to pay for the TV time, you know, TV spots to add to to uh, put your, out your message or uh, for written content. Maybe the trade publication requires you to pay to advertise in there or whatnot, you know, but all these things, you're looking at some cash outlay. Um, and that can be difficult. Um, you know, if you don't have a lot of cash, you you know, right now, maybe that's your problem is you're trying to bring more cash into your firm. You might not have a lot of money to put into this. And so you can't do as much maybe as you otherwise would like to be able to do. Now, for new lawyers, new clients are pretty much your only option here. Um, you know, you don't have current clients to, to, to bring in or whatnot. You know, you're just starting out. You have to bring in a new client. So, you know, for if you're new, this is kind of what you have to do. And you're probably going to be looking to do most of this yourself. Um, you know, creating your own content, pushing it out as best as possible, um, whether that's meaning put your own website out, whether that is, you know, recording your own podcast and, and editing yourself and doing things or, or putting your own social media posts out, whatever it is, you're probably doing it yourself. So that's the first way. Um, the first way to get more money in your law practice is to get more clients who then will pay you to do legal work. All right, the second way to make more money in your practice is to do more work for existing clients. So you have your current, your former clients that you've done work for. And what you do is you do additional work for them, right? So let's say that you uh, do estate planning and some probate work. So you did a will for a client. Okay, that was the original thing that came in. That's original work. And then you did a trust. So that's more work that you've done for that client. So there's more money. And then let's say that that client passes on. And now you do the probate. You do the estate plan. 
uh, the probate of the estate for that client. So now for that same client, not only do you have the will, which might be a very low value thing, but you've done a trust, you've also probated their estate, okay? So one client, multiple uh, matters that you've done for them, multiple fees that you've generated from that same client. Let's say you do business clients like I do. So maybe someone comes to you and they want to incorporate their business. They've got this great business that they want to start up and they need help getting it ready to go. So they come to you, you set up uh, an LLC or corporation or whatnot, okay? That's where you start. You could also then maybe draft contracts for them, you know? Maybe they need some contract for their for vendors or, or their customers. Maybe they need to negotiate a lease for some space that they're renting. Maybe if they're looking to hire employees, so you're going to help with their employee handbook and some other related employment issues if that's something that's within your practice area. You know, these are ways that you can, you know, have a client come in for that incorporation, that single matter, but now you're doing additional work for them. You're doing a contract, you're doing a lease, you're doing employee issues, things like that. Um, and with the business clients, you could also set them up on an, a monthly subscription service where for a set amount, you can uh, do, you know, whatever, you know, a, a set um description of work. So whatever it might be, you know, for X amount of money a, uh, a month, I will take care of all of these things that may pop up. You know, they may not pop up, they might pop up, whatever it is. Um, you know, if they do, they, I will handle those. I um, mean, that's some reoccurring revenue for you. And so now you take that client that came to you for incorporation and now you're doing, you're, you're generating some additional fees from that same client. Okay. Now, this works really well with things like a will or with business clients, but there are some practice areas where it doesn't work as well. Um, and you know, the more you niche your practice, it also makes it a little bit more difficult to um, be able to handle some of the other issues that a client might have. For instance, in my practice, my focus is on helping people buy and sell businesses. Well, um, you know, if I help a, a business owner, a new business owner, buy that business. You know, they may have some issues like employment law or some intellectual property, things like that that come up, but those are not really things that I do. And so I can't uh, get the additional revenue or additional fees from that client for those kind of work. So those things I have to refer out. Um, so like in a transactional practice, uh, excuse me, a transactional practice like that, it can be tough. But if you can do this, um, if you can get multiple fees, if you can do multi, uh, you know, additional work for your existing clients. Um, there's definitely some advantages to doing this over trying to uh, bring in more money by bringing in new clients. Um, for one, it's cheaper. You know, you're not spending money on marketing campaigns. You know, um, when you do a marketing campaign, the focus is to get eyeballs people to your website or wherever you're trying to get them to go and you want them to contact you. And there's a cost. We talked about that a little bit ago. There's a cost to drive people to your site. When you are focusing on uh, current clients you already have established, you're not, you don't need that anymore. You know, you're not trying to bring in more eyeballs. So you don't need to worry about the marketing, the costs. And instead you could use that money to maybe um, improve the client experience for clients. You know, maybe you are instituting some new technology that will make it easier for the clients to work with you, you know, for instance. 
Um, maybe you're looking to build relationships with clients. So you're doing things like using that money um, for gifts or to take out your clients to coffee or lunch or drinks, maybe sporting events, golf outings, things like that. Time where you can spend um, opportunities with the clients and work on building that relationship so that you can get more work. You know, um, I mean, if you think about it, this is really what the bigger firms do. You know, once they get a client, you know, and oftentimes it's more of an institutional client. Maybe it's like a company, maybe it's, ins- you know, an insurance uh, company that they're working with, you know, and they'll start doing some work, but then they'll work on building that relationship with those clients by taking them out to different events and things like that. Um, so that the next time that that client has legal work, they will then turn to that lawyer for, for that work. So um, just because that's something that big firms do doesn't mean that you as a solo or a small firm can't do it. In fact, I think you should be doing it um, because, again, it has a lot of benefits, um, you know, money-wise, a lot cheaper, obviously, than, um, you know, you use your money differently maybe is maybe is a better way to put it than if you're trying to just get eyeballs, more people to your site. The other thing is that if you were talking and working with current clients, you don't need to sell yourself to them to get them to work with you. Because you already have a relationship. You know, one of the things when it comes to bringing new clients, one of the toughest things for many lawyers is turning a visitor, so maybe somebody who's at your website, um, somebody who's found you on social media or whatnot, um, turning them into a, a lead, let's say, you know, somebody who reaches out to you, and then into a con- into a, a client. So the sell, as it were. And turn them into an actual paying client. You know, that can be tough for a lot of lawyers who don't like to sell. It can take time. There's always a chance that um, something you will say, um, you know, whatever for whatever reason, it won't work out between you and the potential client, and they may not go with you. You know, if they already have, a, if if you already have that relationship with the client, it's so much easier because you're not you're not worried about now convincing them to work with you. Uh, for the first time. It's now just if they have additional work, if they um, were satisfied working with you the first time, and if they want to work with you uh, for the next time. Okay, so that was the second way um, to bring in more money to your farm, and that is to get more work from your existing clients. Now, the third and easiest way to make more money in your law practice is to raise your rates. You need to charge more for the work you do. So let's say you charge $500 for a specific service. Raise that to $750, let's say. It doesn't have to be $750, but that's just an example. Now, I know what you may be thinking here. You know, if you raise your rates, you might lose some clients. You know, um, if you all of a sudden increase your rates here or um, from what you've been doing, you might lose clients. And and really, that's okay. Think about this way. So let's say that you typically charge $500 for a service you provide. And let's say that you average three clients a month. Okay, we'll keep it, we'll keep the math pretty simple here. Okay, so $500 for a service, and you get three clients a month at that rate. Okay, so that's $1,500, right? Again, try to keep this easy math for us. If you raise your rate from $500 to $750, dollars 
you very well might lose one of those clients. You may not only get two clients at $750, but two clients at $750 is still $1,500. So you're bringing in the same amount of money, $1,500, but now you're doing it with a third less work, right? Rather than getting $1,500 from a combination of three clients, you're bringing in $1,500 from a combination of just two clients. So that means now you've got some additional time on your hands, right? You have one less client that you're working with. So what all could you use that time for? Well, you could use that to market your law practice more. You know, maybe you now turn to some of those other uh, uh, avenues to bring in more revenue. Uh, maybe you do some marketing, some additional marketing campaigns. Maybe you work on your business. You know, um, if you are like me, you probably have a list someplace of tasks in your practice that need to be done that you just never seem to get to. You know, when it's usually something they don't really look forward to, um, it may be something to do with, you know, reconciling bank statements or something like that. Um, it could be, you know, writing out some policies and procedures for your practice, things like that. But things that really should, could, you know, are, would be good to have things that you want to be able to get done. You just never seem to get done, have time to do it. You know, now you've got some time that opens up that you now might be able to do that, let's say. Um, you know, you may be able to take on more of those $750 clients, you know? So now rather than do just the two clients at 750, maybe you go out and you find another client who's willing to do that's who's willing to, to pay you 750 for that work. So now you have three clients at 750 as opposed to previously three at 500, you know, or, and this may be really far out there for some of you. But maybe you could use that extra time that you have to take a break, to take some time off, you know, to go on a vacation, take a long weekend, heck, even leave the office, you know, at five o'clock. Don't, you know, uh, don't work through the weekend, you know, something, just give yourself a break. Give yourself some time to rest and relax and rejuvenate, you know. And over time, this extra revenue that you're going to be doing adds up, you know. So you've got two clients at 750. If you market some more, you could bring in more clients. Um, you know, you get some more business things done. Maybe you make your practice more more efficient. So we do things a bit quicker. You have more time. You know, I mean, over time, you will start to see that revenue, that difference in revenue add up. And you also will be out, start being seen as a lawyer who works at that, who charges that price and is, you know, the more clients who pay that, the more the others will see that as uh, what you're, what the service is worth. And they won't think anything else of paying that fee. Now, before we go any further, I want to take a minute and address the issue of access to justice. 
there are many people out there who can't afford to hire a lawyer. You know, they have legal problems, but maybe they're making minimum wage, living paycheck paycheck to paycheck. Uh, you know, many people out there don't have savings of any sort saved up that they could use for something like this. And so if a legal issue pops up, they don't have the funds to pay for it. You know, and this is a real big issue, particularly here in the United States, but in other countries as well, I'm sure. By raising your rates, like I'm suggesting here, it's going to be more difficult for them to afford your services, right? I mean, if you're charging $500 for something and all of a sudden you change, you know, and your clients or a potential client has an issue, you know, that's, that's a little tough for them to pay. And all of a sudden you raise your rate to $750, that's going to make it that much tougher for them, right? I get that. And if your practice is dedicated to working with low-income individuals, then raising your rates might not be a good method for you to bring in more money, right? You know, you might not be able to do that because your, your clients simply cannot afford to pay those rates, right? Um, obviously, you have to be aware that... Um, this practice, the kind of practice that focuses on low income, excuse me, low income individuals, um, is probably a very low margin practice, um, and it might need to be a bulk type of a practice to be viable. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of a trade off that you're looking at here um, for that. And so you may be looking at again just drink, generating in more work from more clients. You know, I um, had a law partner who did immigration work. And this was basically what she did is she did immigration work and immig her immigrant clients, most of them had very little money. So they couldn't afford to write big checks to her. But what they could do is they could pay her 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks a month. So she would be getting checks in from all kinds of clients for 50, 100, 200 bucks a month. Right. But to make that work financially for her, she had at any time over a hundred active cases going on uh, because of the, the you know the, the margin on that. And so, be aware that if that's the kind of client the the practice you want, and if it's fine if you do, but just be aware that that you know there that is some of the the trade off that you're looking at uh, for something like this. Okay. The access to justice problem, whether it's in the U.S., you know, Canada, wherever, it's not going to be fixed by adjusting lawyer rates. You know, by trying to make, you know, trying to uh, charge four hundred dollars instead of five hundred dollars, or you know, things like that. That is not going to fix the access to justice problem. What it's going to require is regulatory changes. And public support, uh, and you know, this is a topic for another episode, and I don't want to get into it much further than that. But again, access to justice is definitely a problem, and definitely something to be aware of. But raising your rates is not something that a you're going to want to do. If you are trying to focus on low-income individuals who have trouble, who struggle paying uh, higher legal bills, um, but it's also, you know, the fact that you are raising your rates is not going to negatively uh, impact the access to justice problem. Um, it's not going to exacerbate it 
um, in a substantial way. Like there are bigger um, issues that need to be addressed for that. And again, that may be maybe something we talk about in another, uh, another episode here. Anyway, now I'm sure I'm not the first person that you've heard from that's suggesting that you raise your rates. Uh, I know a lot of coaches and consultants suggest this. Um, you know, talk about people undercharging, you know, you charge your value, you know, double your fees, things like that. You know, so the question that I've got for you is why haven't you done it yet? If all of these other coaches, consultants, other people out there are saying you need to raise your rates and that'll make you more profitable. It'll bring more money into your practice. Why aren't you doing it? Well, the reason why you haven't is fear. You are afraid to raise your rates. You're afraid to lose clients. And we already talked about that's okay. You might lose some clients and that's okay. The revenue that you generate will cover the loss in clients. And again, and you may get new clients to fill that up and you know, you won't even tell the difference uh, the amount of clients that way. Now, Okay, so let's talk about how we can make this a little bit easier for you. So when you raise your rates, when you say, I'm going to start charging $750 for this service rather than $500 or whatever, the, whatever it might be, start offering your new prices to your new clients. So new clients who you've never worked with before, who don't know what you've charged in the past, you know, Quote them your new rates, your new fees. You're not going to have to worry about pushback with them because they have no expectations. You know, they've not worked with you before. You're not worried about um, what they may say by changing prices on them. You know, so these are really easy to do. And this is a place to start. So start with your new clients. Anything going forward with a new client, do it at your new raised, you know, higher rates. Now for your existing clients. If you can, you know, depending on how significant of your, you know, the increase is, if it's not too significant, you may just be able to um, make the change, give your current clients maybe a couple of months notice that you're going to be doing it. Um, and for the most part, um, you know, especially if it's a, if it's a gradual or a, a minor change, most clients will be okay with it. They won't give you too much pushback, you know, they don't have too many issues with it. What though, if this is a significant change, let's say you're going from 500 to 750 or you're going from 500 to a thousand dollars for this service and you've got clients who were, um, you've done work for at the $500 rate and now you're going to tell them that if they want that work done in the future, it's going to be at the thousand dollar rate. How do you handle that? Well, there's a couple ways you can, you can handle it. One of them is, um, I mean, I would not suggest keeping the old rates and having multiple rates go on for extended periods of time like that. So if you raise your rates for new clients, you ultimately need to raise them for your existing clients as well. But maybe you do it gradually. So rather than jump from 500 to 1,000, maybe you you raise your rates for existing clients from 500 to 750 and give them a little bit of a lead in. You know, So um, they work for a certain amount of time at a rate, and then you slowly again work the price up, work your rates up, um, so that again, ultimately, you want everybody being on the same rate. 
And it was, it's just a lot of conversation. It's a lot of communication with your clients, uh, explaining that, um, you know, by doing this, by raising your rates, you're going to be able to provide them with better service because you're going to be able to um, provide more attention to them. You're going to be able to help to expand your practice and to maybe invest in some technology. They'll make it easier to work with you. You know, they'll have a better time, better client experience, you know, go through some of those reasons of why you're, you're raising the, your rates and not just, you know, I want to make more money. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm undercharging, but, um, if you, I mean, clients, most clients will understand that you are doing this, you're practicing law to make a living. You know, this is not a hobby. You're not doing it just for fun. You're doing this to make a living and you need to make enough money to be able to put food on your table, to be able to put clothes on your back, to have a house, you know, all these things to be able to pay for your office or, you know, your, your law practice overhead, those things. And so you need to be able to raise your rates to be able to do that. So I think if you talk to them about it, they will understand and it may be a little tough at first, but eventually everything I believe will smooth out. Okay. Now the other fear that you probably have or may have that's keeping you from raising your rates is a lack of confidence. You don't feel that you're qualified enough maybe to raise your rates. But if you think about it, your current prices are based on what you feel confident charging, right? Basically what you feel your service is worth and what you feel that others would be willing to pay. So it's based on your confidence level. You know, if you didn't feel confident that clients would pay the, you know, your current rates, you wouldn't be charging them. You'd probably charge something less. Or that your chart, or you know, if you felt that your services weren't worth what you're charging, you probably reduce your prices. You know, so there's you're already basing your prices probably on confidence to some extent. So now we're just saying you need to be confident in your new rates. Now, when it comes to confidence, confidence comes from competence. Okay, so competent. You're competent, feeling competent about in something, then you start feeling confident in it. And the way that you feel competent is through repetition. You know, that's how that you got competent in your area of practice that you do. Let's say you do wills. You got competent by repetition, by drafting wills for different clients. You know, the more wills that you drafted, the more competent you got in doing it. And at some point, the competence led to you feeling confident in your skills and your abilities as a lawyer, uh, drafting wills for clients. We're going to apply the same thing here. What you need to do is you need to throw the rate out there. Put a, you know, charge of 750, the thousand, whatever it might be, your new rates, and start charging it. Because the more that you put it out there, the more that you start having clients pay that, the more competent you're going to feel in that price or in your services that your value is worth that much. And you're going to start feeling more confident and comfortable with that rate. Right? So the more clients who pay that, who said that's okay, you're going to be start to realize, you know what? Yeah, that's okay. You know, I feel comfortable doing that. I feel confident in that through that repetition. 
you know, for the fact that I've sent it out there for how many clients and I've gotten this many who've agreed to pay that. And yeah, some clients may say that's too much and that's fine. I think I read or heard someplace someone suggest that you should have 10% of your uh, potential clients turn you down because your fees are too high. And if you don't have that, then your fees are not high enough. So take that as it may. Uh, but if you get some people saying that's too high, that's okay. You know, the more people that say that's fine and willing to pay it, though, the more comfortable, the more confident you will feel charging that. You know, the other thing to, to remember is that there is a client for every price point. Right? Think about watches. You can go to, um, you know, the dollar store or online and you can find some really inexpensive watches for 10, 15, 20 bucks. Right. If you're just looking to tell the time. But there's a range of watches. You know, you start that very low end and then there's some nicer watches. You know, maybe you're spending 50, 60 up to $100 for a watch. Right? Then you got the next tier of watches. You know, I've got an Apple Watch, and Apple Watches range, I don't know, somewhere between two, three hundred bucks and I don't know, seven, eight hundred bucks. So you've got that tier of watches who are not just watches, but people buy them because they connect to their phones and you can check your messages on them and you know, fitness tracking and, and health um, tracking, all these kind of things, right? So there's that next tier of, of people uh, of watches up there, and the people who are willing to spend that money for the watch. And then you start going tier above that, where you start having these really expensive luxury watches, your Rolex, right? Your Patek Philippe's. Watches where people are willing to spend twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars, and even more, six, seven figures even for some of these watches. And at the end of the day, it's a watch. All of these have in common is that they are a watch. They will help you tell time. But there's different price points and there's different buyers, different clients, let's say, for each of these points. You're going to have people who they just want the bare bones. I just need something that's going to be able to tell me the time when I look at it. You know, so they are going to buy the cheap watch. They don't really care. You're going to have people who want something a little nicer, maybe to wear with a, a nice dress suit or something like that or a nice outfit. And so they're going to spend a little bit more money, you know, for their watch. You've got people who want something more connected, uh, again, with all those fitness trackers and things like that, and like the technology and stuff, and to be willing to pay hundreds of dollars for their watch. And then you have those people who see watches more than just a timepiece. Maybe they see it as an investment. Maybe they see it as a symbol of prestige, uh, of achievement, of success, you know, whatever. But they're willing to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars for a watch, you know, but there are people willing to do that. And that's a good example that no matter where your rates are for a service, you're probably going to be able to find somebody willing to pay that rate. You know, if you charge 50 bucks for your service, you're going to find somebody out there who's willing to pay 50 bucks for it. If you charge $500, you're going to find somebody who's willing to pay $500 for it. That that's, you know, they see the value in that. If you charge $5,000 for the service, you're going to find somebody who's willing to pay $5,000 for your service. You know, if you, especially if you can match up the value you're providing to the value that they're receiving. Okay, so 
don't worry about clients. Worry about you and raising your rates to be able to bring in more revenues. Now, you may have noticed, I haven't really talked about cutting expenses or eliminating overhead or anything like that as a way to make more money in your law practice. And that's intentional. Uh, I mean, there's a certain amount of cost that you're going to have to have to run a law practice. Now, luckily for practicing um, law, those expenses can be very low. I mean, you have very low overhead. Um, you don't need really any fancy specialized equipment like a medical professional might need. Um, you may or may not need an office. So you may or may not have office space. You know, if you're a solo, you don't have staff or, or things like that. Or, or maybe you use virtual assistants, people like that. So you have lower overheads that way when it comes to staffing and, other, and people. You know, so really for law practices, there, there's kind of a limit on how much you can really cut and still provide the great client experience. You know, you can only get so much out before you're only kind of doing the bare bones. And clients are going to be able to, they're going to, they're going to notice that, you know, um, they're, they're going to notice if, if if it feels like you're kind of cutting corners on things like that for them versus if you're really treating them to a great client experience, because ultimately that's what we want to do is we want to give clients a great experience. You know, we can't guarantee outcomes in the work we do as lawyers. You know, we can't guarantee that a judge or a jury is going to agree with us or find in our favor. Or that the other side is going to be willing to accept your position or what you're willing to offer. You know? But what we can do, what we can guarantee, is that the client has a good experience working with us. And if you start work, worrying about cutting costs and making your practice as cheap as possible, that's going to come across in the client experience, in the services you provide, and clients are going to notice, and it's going to impact um, their happiness, their satisfaction working with you. They're willing to refer others to you. And going back to method number two, their willingness to come back to you for further work in the future they might have. So it's really easier and I think better rather than focus on cutting costs and expenses if instead you focus on bringing in more revenues to your practice. You know, Anyway, that's going to have a lot bigger of an impact. You know, you may be saving yourself 50, 100, a couple hundred bucks here or there a month by cutting costs, you know, lowering your expenses. But if you use any three of these methods to bring in more money, you can be bringing in thousands upon thousands of dollars additional every month. And that's going to have a lot bigger impact on your practice than, you know, saving yourself a cup of coffee worth every week or two. All right. So your takeaway for today, pretty simple. If you want to bring more money into your law practice, raise your rates. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it so much. And I look forward to catching you guys on the next episode. Take care.